Hey everyone, how you doing? It's time for the PDG Advertising Podcast, episode 35 on Wednesday, the 12th of June 2019. It's Rainy Day in Belfast here and I am recording the podcast. So we're having a great week this week at PDG Advertising and I've got some stuff to share with you here. If you're at all interested in my podcast process, I take down what's going on during the day and I talk to you about it in the evening. So anytime something comes up that seems important or relevant to share in the journey of PDG advertising, I bring it up here. On one hand, it's great to share it. On the other hand, it's probably... uh, very easy way for me to keep a diary or document what's going on in the PDG advertising um, world. It's really interesting. Before I we did the podcast, I thought we don't really. I can't think of what to do for content for a digital advertising agency, and I've realised now that by just documenting and sharing the journey, that. Every other second is a piece of content that is potentially worthwhile for me or for someone else to know about. So when I look at the five bullet points that I have here on my um, in my little little black book, there are the, the five points just scratch the surface of the overall picture. They, they only tell a little tiny bit about what's going on in our world at PDG Advertising and I suppose what I'm saying is there's content everywhere, there's possible content everywhere, there's possible interesting content everywhere and you just have to take a step back and take a look for it in order to find it for your business. I mean the PDG Advertising environment I find it really exciting, really interesting. I assume I'm not unique in that way that other people might find it interesting as well but can you imagine in like the local shop corner where you know things are happening all day every day people coming in and out sharing their stories talking to the shop owner um, buying the things and the shop owner able to tell what was popular and what wasn't suppliers coming in and out all that kind of stuff is all interesting and all possible content probably even more interesting when you think about it. I remember whenever Facebook first came out and people started posting on it and other people started saying, you know, why do I care that Dave is out for a run yesterday? I just don't care. Why do I care that someone's eating their dinner? Um, I don't know why anybody cares about that stuff, but I, I find it really interesting. <laughs> people talk about people watching and I think that's super interesting. So why couldn't, why isn't, you know, everything you do in your daily life interesting? And if it's not interesting, what's the point? What are we all sitting here for, you know, not doing interesting things and things that interest us? So I guess what I'm saying is there's lots and lots of content out there. And it just struck me whenever I saw five bullet points, it could easily be a thousand bullet points throughout the day on in one day. It could easily be 24 hours worth of podcasts but it's not because we're just learning how to do it and 
right now five pieces of content and five topics is definitely definitely enough so the first thing that i have to talk about is advertising is really really complicated <laughs> it's so complicated it's incredibly complicated say complicated one more time complicated complicated and it really is complex there's so much that you're dealing with we were on a call with our australian customer health product in australia massive customer base over 250,000 people in their overall network massive facebook group massive facebook page huge instagram following massive email list huge volume of web hits per day very very successful very successful this company spends ten thousand dollars per week on online adverts that's the scale at which this company moves and that might be small to what many companies in the world do but on average i'd say it's in like the top five percent of advertisers across the world maybe not across the world but at least on facebook because i'd bet that there's a lot more uh, i read a stat once that said that if you had over a thousand fans in your facebook page that you're in the top 10 percent of um, facebook pages so what are you whenever you have like two hundred and fifty thousand fans on your facebook page anyway this customer does really really well and every week for three years i have met with this customer and it's always done better and better and better each each week. And we're always focused on doing better and better and better. But every week we say, well, we don't really know why that's going so well. We don't know why that's going so well. We're not sure about that. And we know that's going well. If it starts to go down, we start to look for reasons why it could be going down. Um, when I say going down, I mean like if the revenue, overall revenue comes down, we start thinking, well, what's going on here? And really, we don't have a clue. We really don't know why things make other things successful we just try our best every day to put um the right creatives in front of the right people at the right time and that's as simple as i can put it so for this customer it really it really struck me um we were on a call and we were on that call and um and i know i need to put a little bit of structure into what i'm saying here so that you can so that you can follow it but if you can follow it the um the structure of this customer is such that we have facebook adverts that pull people into a facebook group but also push people towards a website um and into a lead magnet whenever they don't take any action we then retarget them until they do um whenever they take an action like when they enter in their email address through the lead magnet, we then email them until they then purchase. Whenever they purchase, we then email them until they purchase again. Whenever they purchase again, we email them until they leave a review. And that, that whole cycle is the perfect customer journey in my mind, or at least the perfect advertising affecting customer journey so that we're affecting the right areas of that customer journey. Um, and moving people along it as quickly as as quickly as possible. But one of the parts of the journey is um, Google Ads. So we, whenever someone types in the brand name of this customer, we 
have an advert that um, stops people in their tracks at the top of Google search. Here's the thing. You don't need it. You really don't need that advert. Um, but we put it in there anyway because we want we want to be the first thing that people see. We probably will be the first thing that people see because the brand is so well known. But we still want that um, we still want that advert to be uh, to be there on top, so that we dominate the eyeline of of that. Also, it's possible on Google that another competitor could then come in and try to bid on our keywords for the brand name and be there. So we need to make sure that we're there as well. We spend about seven hundred dollars um, Australian dollars per week on that on that little bit there, and um, that that little advert at the top of Google search and. It generates something like forty odd thousand dollars in revenue, and on the call, it was we were going through each of the different areas that we work on. So, one guy works on the pay-per-click, one guy works on the um, the tech element. One I we will work on more um, reporting and email marketing. Um, another person works on Instagram. Another person so. There's a whole. Someone works on design. Someone works on PR. So there's a whole mix of different things. Um, that if you were doing them individually, and each individual person is contributing, but whenever you take that step back, you just see the whole thing working together and working nicely, and it's a really nice example of how the customer journey works for a, for a customer. Um, where I was going with that Google Ads thing was, um, one of the guys on the call said, "Well, that must mean that if if we're able to." actually generate revenue through those Google ads at the top, then that must mean that everything else is working well because what people are doing is they're seeing something on Instagram and then they're Googling uh, the brand name and it's coming up and people are clicking on it and then purchasing. People are seeing things on Facebook, word of mouth, all of that stuff. So it's all driving, every everything that you do online has the potential to drive people towards Google. And there's a definite break in analytics that doesn't naturally show that so on the calls we're always looking you know how to track the whole customer journey but can you ever do that i've always said on these calls i've never been able to see i've never had a platform that's tracked everything we've always had to put things on spreadsheets we've always had to take a step back in reality and say is this actually working is this flowing through nicely and in this instance it really is it really really is because everybody's working hard on it and they're all doing the right things and then we're meeting weekly to discuss and then we're spending the right amount on ads and it's generating a huge uh, return on investment so that that's nice to see and that's something that we um that that's been that's been a lot of work over the past three years been working hard on that repeatedly over and over again Failure, 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 and then some success, and then more failure, and then more success. Um, and that's how we've been doing it. So just to, to end on that point, um, on this point, what I'm trying to say is two things. One, you have to constantly try to affect the customer journey positively for your business. So that's number one. And number two is it's not always obvious. So there are macro KPIs like sales going up when you know something's going right or emails being collected when you know something's going right as well or more traffic something's probably going right um but none of those are 
ultimately indicators that you know thing it, it doesn't tell you like if the revenue goes up you, it doesn't say where how it's gone up or where it's gone up and more often than not it's a more complex process and someone has seen an ad clicked on it and bought um it's more like someone has clicked on an ad been distracted by a doorbell in their house went to go get the door forgot about your website for a week been retargeted by an advert um gone to the website not prepared to purchase just yet entered in their email address um, you've emailed them six months later whenever you've remembered that you've got an email a- address in there they're still not interested but they go to the they go to the website anyway to have a look uh, doorbell goes they forget about your website and then um, a week later they get retargeted they're just in the frame of mind to buy your product at that point you've been there at that point so to save them going shopping around they go to you they buy from you they become a customer and you then have them in your cycle to then purchase again <laughs> if you do a good job with them as a customer, then you get them as a repeat customer, possibly. And then if you do a good job as a repeat customer, you get them as a raving fan and as a um, reviewer and um, someone who will recommend your your services or your business. So in a nutshell, that's what I'm trying to say. It's it's really complex and there's, there's more to it than just one ad equals a sale. And to expect that is wrong. And it takes time for you to understand that as well. So I don't, I'm not saying that, you know, people that do expect sales immediately are wrong or bad or anything like that. I'm just saying that some things take a little bit of time and patience and advertising and marketing is definitely, it's definitely one of them. So another thing that happened today on the, um, in PDG advertising and on the PDG Advertising Podcast is where we're going through it, is website load speed. So how long do you have before someone leaves your website because your website hasn't loaded? Um, the general industry standard is like three seconds. So you've got three seconds to make a good uh, impression. And something that we did this week for a customer was we were able to, with our developer, our wonderful developer, he... Uh, was able to reduce load speed time of a website from 26 seconds right down to under three seconds to 2.6 seconds. So that was awesome. What he did was he cleaned up some of the code. He um, uh, compressed some of the images and he updated a lot of the uh, plugins, I think. I think those three things did it. I think those three things removed the lag time on the website, which is really good and was good for our customer and something that we can do pretty easily. Um, If you don't know how to do that, like I don't personally know how to do that. So if you don't know how to do that, it's pretty impossible. So I don't know what affects um, website load speed. I can guess, you know, I can guess that it's um, massive images or videos or um, not, uh quality or deluxe hosting maybe um those different things but i don't know or maybe too many plugins or maybe out of date things i don't know but it it seems to be that some of those things matter and our developer um contractor developer uh, was able to to fix that customers really happy um and i'm happy that we've got that we can offer that uh that service out to people because that matters because if i send a thousand uh people to a website and it takes 26 seconds to load, feels like you're just wasting money, feels like you're just wasting advertising spend to go to a website that actually uh, isn't fit for purpose because whenever people have been hanging around waiting for 10 seconds, they leave, they go, we're not going to wait here for this to 
um, load up. My time is too precious. <laughs> I'm only here on this earth once and I need um, a little bit of speed. So um, I'm off. So uh, yeah, getting that website site, website speed down to under three seconds um, was a great thing uh, to do. You know, I would consider myself a pretty clever person. <laughs> or I would have anyway before uh, yesterday happened. I had to write this down. So let me ask you this. What is 44 times 7? No, there's nothing wrong with the podcast. That silences me and my gears working in my head to try to work out what 44 times 7 is. Um, and the answer is 308. And the only reason I know that is because I was going through um, some budgets with our pay-per-click um, specialist, Tanya. And <laughs> I was going through some budgets for daily budgets and said, okay, so what's 44 times 7? So I was going to budget of $44 for over 7 days. How, how much is that? And I wasn't asking her how much it was, but in a split second, she said, oh, 308. And I was dumbfounded. I was like, what? How can you get that so quick? How does that even, like, Tanya's not even um, native in, this is, it's not even her native language, um, speaks Croatian. Uh, so the speed of which, of 308 coming out of her mouth was just incredible. And why I said that I thought, think I'm a pretty clever person or I think I'm pretty smart, I think it's quite arrogant that I think that because it would take me, it would, it would take me like at least, I would say at least 30 minutes maybe and I would need pen and paper. I would need, or if I didn't have pen and paper, it would probably take me like a couple of hours to figure that out. I am, I've always thought that I'm pretty dyslexic whenever it comes to math. And I heard that maths is pretty much like the building blocks of everything that we do. Like engineering, science, all of that stuff. It's all based on on just pure pure maths. Like with a calculator, I'm dynamite. You know, I can type stuff in and it's really quickly. But but I just could not fathom or believe the processing speed of Tanya's brain. And I was just taken back. I was it was like it was like a it's like someone had punched me in the chest and said there's something you need to stand up and take notice of there because that person has just like if 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 our life if our if our lives depended on it and we were asked that question whoever answered it first um was going to survive and going to live um she won immediately and it was in a split second that she was able to come up with 308 for 44 times uh 7 and what really humbled me was i think even on this podcast before I have, I suggested that she was making things too complex um, and she needs to simple things down, sim simplify things down. And while that might be true, um, it's quite clear because I thought I was doing things better by simplifying things, but actually that's not the case. It's more like she can just handle more complex things than I can. Um, like that's definitely more complex, that, that maths equation there. And I was just so impressed and just dumbfounded and humbled. And I think that needs to happen sometimes. You know, whenever I think that I'm pretty clever, I need to remember, you know, maybe that's just in my head. And while I give myself credit for what I do and, and how I do it, 
um, goodness me, that was that was a definite take take your take yourself a peg or take myself down a peg or two um, with that because uh, that was just amazing. And it's a pleasure to have a contractor like that um, a person that works with us at PDG. Um, hopefully, will work you know more closely with us in the future. But they say surround yourself with smarter people than you, and I guess that's <laughs> I guess that's what's happening. Um, but it was quite a I don't know quite a fall from grace whenever I just realised that I was completely out outmatched by by someone else's uh, immediate brain power. It's just so so impressive, really really impressive. You know what it reminded me of. Sorry, I don't know if that recorded. I went skiing. Ah, I went skiing earlier this year, and that reminded me of it. I, I'd been skiing a few times whenever I was younger in school. I went skiing about two years ago, and I was probably one of at least one of the best skiers on the on the mountain. Everybody else was a complete beginner, <laughs> so I had kind of an inflated ego of oh, I can actually ski here, and this is pretty good. So this year I went skiing again, but I decided to. Um, well, begrudgingly hang out with the lessons and maybe get a couple of lessons myself, but not that I needed it, but uh, just maybe see how it goes. And I went up to the top of the mountain with an instructor, fully expecting for them to say, yeah, you are the greatest skier we have ever seen and you don't need any lessons. In fact, could you teach me a few things? Um, needless to say, it didn't go down like that. And I was humbled immediately whenever <laughs> the ski instructor just started yelling to it. No, this is not how to ski. This is not how you do it. No, don't do it like that. Um, and then showed me then how to ski. So I think, but I tell you what, you don't want to be, you don't want to, you don't think you want to look stupid or you don't think you want to do badly, but actually it's the best thing for you. It's healthy. I'm learning that. I'm not putting myself out there enough with things, but um, yeah, when you get confident about something, that might be the time to really challenge yourself on it because you may not be as good as you are, but that's okay because when you get taken down a peg or two, it gives you something to, to aim to. I take that back. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do 44 times 7 in a split second. I don't think I would want to do, um, but I certainly respect that and I, I admire the ability to, to do that for sure. You know, I had a call today with a customer who I really enjoy working with enjoy working with them all there's so few of them and they're just great people but this one in particular i really enjoy working with um we just took some time to iron some stuff out it's quite a complex um situation we've got going on with some google ads retargeting some click excuse me hiccuping on the podcast the podcast hiccup so the project is to sell a health product um in america and flows through traffic coming through adwords and then retargeting and then emails and all of, all of that stuff but we've added click funnels into the mix and i was taking a step back with the customer it's really important to take that step back don't just do 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 take a step back and and look at what you're actually doing and it was a joy to be able to sit and just i wouldn't call it shooting the breeze i think it put her out a little bit because i think she was in the middle of something but she she did it she took the time to listen to what i was saying and and i in turn took the time to listen to what she was saying and whenever you do that and you just be in that moment and you, you're figuring out stuff it, it feels right and it feels good so i'm looking forward to see how that um how those campaigns start to start to run um it's going to be a very strong one and i hope in the future that i can share what they're all about with you
Everyone, that is the PDG Advertising Podcast for today. I am hoping that some of our... we've I've opened up the podcast to some of our contractors. So um, we work on, on Slack and we all work together on it. So I'm hoping some of you guys are listening right now. Um, really appreciate what you what you do and I'm looking forward to us interacting more um, and everybody else that started listening to the podcast I've noticed in the last couple of days that our listenership has gone up quite a bit I can't tell if people are starting to watch from like episode one up to this episode 35 so it's maybe a little bit of catch-up um, it's like the box set <laughs> you get 35 episodes of this if you want to read through it but know that this episode, I think, is a lot different than episode number one. Um, it's better than episode 34, and it's better than episode 33, but then again, episode 34 was better than episode 33 as well. So it, I hope it's improving all the time. Um, it's really useful for me to do this podcast. helps me organize what's going on in, in my world, and I hope it brings some value uh, to you as a listener, whether, you're, whether you work with me or whether you're just listening um, because you like it and I hope some people do like it so um, thank you again and that was episode 35 from a very wet and rainy Belfast I wish you well on everything you're doing today and the rest of your week and I'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the PDG advertising podcast <laughs>